Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. 15 minutes after 10, let me welcome our first A-team guest, uh, Professor Buleng Sikhalo, who's a professor of psychology at the University of South Africa. Professor, thank you for joining us. Good evening, Patricia. Thank you for having me. This topic that we're going to discuss is probably going to rattle a lot of feathers uh, because we always talk about decolonizing our education system. But in this case, we're not only looking at the system, we're looking at a particular discipline of Mm. which is psychology. Now, I'd like you to take us through the background of psychology and why you took out the paper on uh, um, divorcing the colonial history of psychology um, and then trying to make it an Afrocentric one. Um, thank you, Patricia. Yes, um, psychology as a discipline has um, a very complicated history. Um, it is a discipline, um, as, as I've indicated in the paper that I've written with my colleague, that came uh, to, to Africa as, as a packaged deal. Um, it, 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 it draws from theories that were created in both Europe and America. So it's very uh, Eurocentric in the ways in which it, it, uh, it approaches well-being, it approaches behavior, it looks at people's well-being. And as a discipline, psychology was used by the the oppressive systems of colonialism, the oppressive system of apartheid, to to inferiorize black people, to treat black people as less than human, and they did this uh, using uh, you know scientific evidence that was flawed, obviously, to maintain and and uh, push forward the the agenda of the colonialists in 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 saying that. Um, African people are less than, African people are inferior, and therefore as a result that led to many of the legislations and oppressive system that were then put in place uh, to oppress African people. So as a discipline, it has this very complicated history that we feel as part of the decolonizing, Africanizing agenda, it's important for us to engage with this history so that we can know um, the history of the discipline as we think about the role that psychology can play within an African context. And to to say that it's important for us to rethink psychology and to rethink uh, the categorizations that have come together with psychology in describing people's behavior and in pathologizing particularly black people and say that if we move to, to, to Afrocentric form of psychology, we might get to a point where we practice a psychology that can actually be beneficial for African people, that takes their lived reality seriously. So it's not some airy-fairy vendetta from African, especially black African people, that uh, um, you know the, the minds of black Africans have been deemed inferior. There's actually some psychological uh, background to it. Definitely, definitely. There is some uh, flawed scientific evidence uh, that that backs up those theories that assumed that uh, African people's minds are inferior uh, to white people's minds. And and this this agenda was then pushed forward to ensure that, uh, you know, black people are treated as second class citizens. In, 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 the, in the world. And, and this is something that we need to revisit and engage with. So when we look at our uh, institutions of higher learning, these, these are 
some of the conversations that we're not having. And for the students who have been calling for a long time for the decolonization of universities, decolonization of the curriculum, it therefore becomes important for us to really challenge and, and question and critique the disciplines uh, and, and the way that we've been teaching psychology and other disciplines, but we're, we're in our work, we're focusing specifically on psychology because that's the discipline that we have also been trained in and say that it's important for us to critique and question the discipline and actually confront the history of it in how it was used um, by the system and it was used by science itself where psychological theories were developed uh, to to prove that black people's minds were inferior. Atimas, we are talking about uh, divorcing the colonial history of the discipline of psychology with uh, Professor Buleng and uh, Sikhalo Buleng Sikhalo, who is uh, from UNISA. Please do call in. The number to dial is 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp on 06-1414-107. So, Professor, the lived reality of black people in South Africa and Africa and the diet diaspora um, all, all around because colonialism has touched everyone in the continent and the diaspora um, clearly proves why we have some of the social ills that we have if there were implementations of certain flawed theories as you put it in our colonial past so why we have some of the, the, the social issues in the black communities this is the lived reality of uh, black people Yes, these these are lived realities of the black people. And we want to understand some of the challenges that people are going through. We want to be able to engage and respond to the mental health health issues that African people are confronted with. We want to be able to respond, right, to to, to the disease that is there in many of our communities. And the, the, the question is, can we do this using a psychology that was developed elsewhere? Can we do this using the theories that actually perpetuate uh, the helplessness and the hopelessness um, of, of, of African people and not acknowledging the knowledges and also the resilience, but also um, the, the, the knowledge systems that are there within the communities, within African communities. And if we, if we give space to, to Afrocentric approaches, if we give space to the ways in which African people themselves for many centuries have responded to the disease in their communities, have responded to mental issues that they've been confronted with in their communities, um, then we'll be able to, 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 to deal with some of these challenges if we come from that approach. Because the assumption is that um, before Eurocentric psychology came, um, African people did not have mental issues or they did not have means to respond to their mental health issues, um, which is not the case. So so what, what we're arguing is that we need to give a platform and a space for African ways of knowing, African knowledge systems, and revisit and look at ways in which looking at it from an African perspective, how we can respond to the challenges that we're confronted with within our communities. 
as Africans. Is there willingness, though, uh, Professor, amongst um, scholars within the psychology discipline to broaden the discipline of psychology and actually bring in the African uh, perspective and change the narrative that was given from the colonialized uh, way of practicing psychology? That's a very good question. I'm sure, as you know, uh, change is not something um, that is always welcomed with, you know, open hands uh, in many spaces, in many platforms. We're talking about well-established uh, institutions, uh, entrenched, you know, uh, theories that have been passed on from generation to generation and to be able to say, hey, wait a minute, let's really question and not just adopt theories that may not be helpful, that may not be useful for communities, that may come as a challenge. There are many scholars um, in in West Africa uh, and and going up to North Africa who have really written um, a lot on African psychology and come up with theories that we're also drawing from at the moment. And because, you know, change is not something that um, is often welcomed easily, we also, within the discipline of psychology in particular, we also have to deal with professional bodies, mm. right? We, we have to deal with um, associations and registrations, regulations um, that have always been, you know, using uh, the theories and always been, been drawing from the West in terms of what categories to accept, what ways of, of knowing and what theories to accept. So having to tap into those spaces is a lot of work. But it's necessary work. And and like I was saying, I think also with the, the, the generation that we're having right now of students who are going to be psychologists practicing tomorrow, they, they, they have also made it very clear that it's important for them to be able to be trained in a psychology that can be useful for them as individuals, but also a psychology that can be useful for their communities as well. For example, we have many psychologists uh, that are trained um, and many of them do not even speak the languages of the communities that they're working in. They have to do community service. They're sent into communities to work with people. How are you going to be able to engage with people and work with communities when the the very basic but very important thing, which is communication, um, is not in place? You and, know, and language mm, is very, mm. very important, especially our indigenous languages, because of uh, the fact that our identities are also intertwined in, in, in our languages as well. We make meaning of the world through how we engage through the languages that we speak. And not only that, uh, Professor, I mean, I'm thinking about th- those students who go in into the, the, the working field in psychology and go into communities that are African communities, black mm-hmm. communities, with the same colonial um, teaching of psychology and want to implement those um, changes and want to implement that psychological uh, discipline on people who will obviously not be able to comprehend it or appreciate it or even accept it because it's far from who we are as black people. Let me allow our A-teamers to come in. Ngonde, you're on the line. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, Ngonde. Lovely professor. I've always had a problem as far back as I can remember. Um, this Western epistemology of knowledge, right? The production of knowledge, it seems to me that it is biased towards the West. 
as if the West knows everything. And I'm sure the professor will agree with me. The more you know, the less you know. All right? Mm-hmm. Now, I remember my business partner, right? She was diagnosed incorrectly, as I said before, uh, with bipolar, right? And what was it? Was that she has to accept the calling of the ancestors. Now, just imagine how many of our people have been misdiagnosed, whether you call it bipolar, you call it schizophrenic, you call it dementia, you know? It is at an individual level, right? Because when you are diagnosed, you normally visit the psychologist, psychiatrist alone, right? Yet in our African custom, we are a cultural collectivist country, right? Because you can can never do this thing alone. Like, for example, um, the professor knows that when we've got bereavement, we normally slaughter, we are normally um, in a family unit, not alone, right? So the Western epistemology, I hope, Professor, it can be done away with. In other words, what I suggest that we do, we need to revisit our curriculum, all right? One can talk a lot about those things, you know, and psychology is is even a new discipline, you know. Some, somewhere in 1886 was the first doctor of psychology. So in itself, it is very new, you know. What we're doing as Africans when we're losing our minds, you know, did not did not have a mental disease. We did have them, you know. And as one guest in the morning um, said, we normally are holistic in our approach, right? We can use plants, botanical, or we can use rocks, the volcanic says, and we can use animals, right? When you slaughter a goat or a sheep, Patricia, we are calling the ancestors. Nothing in the West is, is doing that. Patricia, good evening. A very good evening to you, Ngonde. Um, A-teamers, let me remind you, we are talking about um, decolonizing the discipline of uh, psychology. And with us is uh, very brave and I think forward-thinking and African uh, Beautiful Professor Buleng Sikhalo, who is a professor of psychology at the University of South Africa. The number to dial to join us is 011-714-2006. Alternatively, SMSs go to 41391 or WhatsApp 0614-104-107. On the line, I've got Nikita. Good evening, A-Team and Nikita. Yes, good evening, Patricia and the guests in the studio and the other listeners. So as soon as I heard the topic, I just jumped out of my seat, right? Because for me, I took a BA, major in psychology and sociology, at uh, my university. And it was an exciting course to take. I wanted to take it. But now as I look back, look back at, um, at the psychologists, at the scholars from Kyle Rogers, humanistic um, phenomenal from Eric Erickson, Ego Psychology, Alfred Adler, Individual Psychology, to Sigmund Freud, Psychoanalyst, to all of these people, I realized that there was not even one black uh, or African scholar or psychologist who contributed to the field of psychology. 
And even when psychology came to Africa, not even one uh, person who contributed to the theory. And even in that department, there's only one black uh, lecturer. So you find that there is a psychologist that actually pathologizes black people. And you're learning something that's transplanted, completely uprooted from North America, uh, from Europe, and is planted in Africa, and is such and is used. So it's it's that kind of a weird thing that is happening, and it still continues to happen today. But I do I'm glad that I have a friend of mine who was doing her master's um, her master's research on Ramachandra. And there's also um, a psychology lecturer, I'm not quite sure if he's a professor, just a doctor, Mr. Dr. Ailey, who is actually teaching a more Africanized, uh, African psychology to his postdoctoral students. So that's amazing. And my only question to your guest is, where is the research, the, uh, the more Africanized, Africanized research, is it an issue of Funding is not being given to uh, to departments to do this research, or there are more people who are entrenched in this Western world of psychology that they don't want to contribute to a more Africanized uh, sense of psychology. They can deal with African problems. So, uh, so that's just my contribution. Nikita, I'm, I'm so glad that you've given us this contribution because it, it purely shows uh, from from people who have studied psychology that there is a need, um, a huge need to ensure that the African perspective of psychology is, is viewed and is also given out to scholars as opposed to this colonial um, uh, psychology. Thank you very much for calling in. Uh, Professor Sakhala, let me allow you to weigh in on what uh, Nikita has asked especially around, um, you know, where the research is and what needs to be done to ensure that all stakeholders, all bodies um, and, 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 and those who govern psychology are actually doing the correct thing. Yes, no, I'm, um, I would also just like to thank Nikita for, for that contribution. And you mentioned a number of scholars, all of whom are white men from Europe, Right. And that already tells you that there's something wrong in that picture, because those are all the theories that we uh, then get uh, prescribed at the universities in Africa. And these theories have to be applied among African people. How does that even make sense? Right. And, and, and this has been the practice of psychology for many, many, many years. And he asks a very good question uh, that where is the research? The research is there. The research um, has always been there. And, and prior to 1994, as you, can, as, as, as you might know, um, it was very difficult to even get work by African scholars prescribed at any school or any university. So for, for the longest time, the work was not uh, to be found in our libraries. The work was not to be found in, in our classrooms. And it's, it's only now in recent years that you, you find that um, some of this work is now becoming easily available. Many of the scholars, um, my colleagues, myself, and other um, uh, African scholars have been writing because what's important is that 
if we talk about this, when we get into the lecture hall, into the classroom, where where is, is the, the work to back what we're talking about? So where are the published books? Where are the published articles? What are we going to be prescribing to our students? So it's important that we publish and that we prescribe the work for the students so that they can be able to learn and, and be able to apply a psychology that is going to be relevant for their communities. When we're talking about the, the, the rituals in our communities, which is an integral part of our psyche, our being, our spirit as, as African people, it, it is an integral part of psychology. So um, the, the ways in which people understand issues of grief, issues of trauma, um, you know, um, the, the, the challenges around anxieties. Someone gave an example that we categorize very quickly um, and we pathologize very quickly. You say a person has got bipolar, a person has got that. While there's merit to that, I think um, it's, it's insufficient because sometimes those, those categorization uh, and those labels get used because that's all we know, right? That's what you're taught and therefore you're quick to label it that way. But only to find that actually it might be something different. But you will not know that because your training, your teaching has not afforded you with the knowledge and the skills to know that actually this might be something else. And you will quickly obviously then resolve to what you know and what you know is the DSM-5 which will assist you with a, a list of labels that you can then uh, paste on people very quickly. Let me go to another A-teamer here who's uh, holding on the line in Dombi. Good evening. Uh, good evening. How are you doing dear? Good thank you Dombi. Great. Uh, good, uh, good evening Professor. Um, Good evening, Tommy. I'm so excited to be on, on, on the show. It's my first time. Welcome, Tommy. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm actually the student um, studying psychology at, uh, at UNISA. Oh. And um, I'm so proud that Professor is here. And um, uh, actually, um, um, uh, my question was like, no, it's not education, actually. Uh, when I was like, this is, this is my second year. And what I've picked up is that uh, when it comes to African psychologists or African psychology, it was actually undermined and it, like, it was not like taken very seriously. And as I was studying, there, was, there were times that I had to do the research and I was questioning myself that, you know, some of the things, they really don't make sense or they clash with what I believe. They touch with my belief, so mm. I'm I'm very grateful and I'm very excited that they're actually doing something. Those ones who are forward, uh, like uh, Dr. Uh, Professor Pillay, they're actually paving the ways for us. So I'm I'm very excited that something is being done. So yeah, thank you for that. That's Th- that's all. Thank yeah. you very much, Ndombi, and thank you for uh, joining the show. Thank you. Um, let me go to another academic here, Moremo Holu. Uh, good evening. Good evening to you, ma'am, and good evening to Prof. Good evening. Wow. 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 Prof, I'm gonna I'm gonna just have to say thank you so much. A couple of years ago I write on LinkedIn and I write where are the African philosophers? And you know, we are African academics and we are African whatever professionals and hardly any any one of them replied to say Yes, we need to be authentic. We need to appreciate that there are African philosophers available. Thank you so much. I, I studied in Europe. I studied in Norway. And I studied at the, at the, the, the Republic of China. One of the things that I noticed in, 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 at the University of, of Tromsø in Norway, where I was studying, the medical school, 
used to call traditional shamans to the university mm-hmm. to show students t- skills and tricks of how treatment was done before the clinical treatment. And this has got nothing to do with whether it's psychology or whether it's medicine. It's got nothing to do with the discipline itself. It's got a lot to do with our thinking. And one of the gentlemen who called a few, few minutes ago was saying we need to change the curriculum. Now, the trouble is, to be an academic, you've got to go to Europe, present the paper in Europe. That's where you get your points. You've got to have a, your counterpart in Brazil. If you studied in Germany, you've got to bring a whole a whole lot of other professors from Germany. Nothing wrong with sharing information. And if you study in Australia, you're going to, again, pour this information from an Australian mindset into these boys and girls that we are now teaching and shaping for tomorrow. I really appreciate this conversation because the curriculum is long, 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 overdue. I mean, I don't understand. I don't even understand how we are struggling to understand why our students cannot get employment, why they can't apply, apply themselves so well, when we're still telling them about psychoanalysis from the point of view of Sigmund Freud. When I, when I was in Brazil, a young, a, young, a young medical doctor is bringing some biscuits. Uh, these are pro, like pro and that that health biscuits. So they are saying, you know, we are, we are sitting with the president and vice president. So this gentleman comes to present to say, we want to bring this to South Africa because it's been approved by the United Nations and it's been approved in, in Guatemala and Bahia for malnutrition children. And I, I, I raised my hand and I said, but according to medical anthropology, are these biscuits going to be compatible with our diet back home? And, and, and so I, 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 I'm super excited. I want to be your friend, Prof, and I want to sit with you when you present elsewhere. Because we are failing the very same people we are claiming to be custodians of. Thank you so much, mm. Prof, and have a lovely night. Thank you. Thank you very much, Murimo Holo. Uh, Professor, very, very clear that uh, South African A-teamers are, are very keen to ensure that we highlight uh, the, 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 the plight of the African person. We don't undermine what we've been through and we realize and we call a thing a thing that colonialism has been instrumental to some of the things that we are facing. But also, moving forward, we also need to make sure that the psychology that we are going to be employing is a psychology that highlights the importance of not only our individual need, because Africans, we are we are a collective. So we've got a collective need. We've got the spiritual aspect of ourselves as African uh, that needs to be explored. And if we don't get that right, it seems that we are far from getting to a better future as black Africans. Definitely, definitely. I couldn't have put it better myself. You are indeed correct. And I think all the contributions that were shared tonight are really testament to the need for an Afrocentric psychology, a psychology that speaks to African realities. People are thirsty for this. And I think it really is our responsibility as people in academia, as facilitators of knowledge, to ensure that the knowledge that gets imparted um, and the knowledge that gets produced is the knowledge that is compatible with African realities and also acknowledging the knowledge that is already there in our communities and not assume that our communities are just there to consume, but also that there is wealth of knowledge in our communities Definitely. that we can also learn from those uh, knowledges in our communities and they can form part of what we teach 
at the universities. So it should be open uh, places where there is back and forth sharing of information amongst ourselves as people. And that way we can learn and create a knowledge system that actually can make a difference in in speaking to the challenges that are confronting us as a people. And clearly, for this to happen, it needs a lot of willpower. Let me go to Colleen, who's holding patiently on the line. Oh, okay, Colleen's our guest. We'll speak to her a bit later. Um, Let me go to some of the messages here. So in Peter Maritzburg, Kat says, Hi, Patricia, instead of journalists, etc., perpetually using the buzzword colonial and always giving credit to colonialists, why can't we start using the word incomplete when talking about Africanizing something? Wouldn't this sound more politically and culturally appropriate and honest for our rainbow nation, South Africa? What's your thought on that, uh, Professor? Um, we we should use what, uh, Sarah, missed that, incomplete. Incomplete versus to uh, colonial. I'm not sure I understand what's incomplete. Well, well, just just to, to to debate on it, I think that calling a spade a spade is the best thing. Mm-hmm. We we can't be looking for words that are always politically correct, especially yes. if the word is not offensive. We are a nation that was colonized in Africa. Majority mm-hmm. of the states of Africa were colonized, uh, with the exception of Ethiopia, and we can't run away from the word. That's my point of view. And if we want to fix things, especially in our education system, and we want to redress the things of the past, we definitely need to call it what it is. And this system that we are talking about now is a psychology that comes from a colonial regime that was there to make sure that the black person is undermined mentally. Um, and, and Professor, mm. here's, here's another one here. Um, this one is from Voyo, who's in Bloemfontein, says, please ask uh, the professor whether African people who are in uh, close proximity to white people via private schools are at risk of being brainwashed into thinking they are inferior. I think some of the challenges that we have experienced, some of the cases that have come out of these private schools or so-called Model C schools um, would would answer that question, that in, in those spaces where people are in close proximity to, to whiteness like that, um, they're always made to believe, um, either directly or sometimes even indirectly, uh, made to believe that they are inferior. But I, I, I don't think it's about proximity, um, because I think even, even people who are not not in close proximity to whiteness in terms of uh, physically, but through what we do, what we're exposed to, um, what we get taught, also that contributes towards perpetuating this sense of inferiority to people. We're talking about knowledge, uh, for example, knowledge production and knowledge dissemination. Whose knowledge is privileged? Um, Whose knowledge determines um, what's normal and what's normal? Who are the people who are, you know, producing or, or, or developing theories? And then those get you know, taught in our schools, they get taught in our university. So you don't even necessarily have to have a a, a white person standing in front of a class teaching to make a person feel inferior. One of the callers earlier, um, I think Ndombi uh, from UNISA, indicated that, you know, I, I, I learn, I'm at the university and I'm reading and I get so 
frustrated and and I feel so alienated because what I'm learning um, is is so far from my own lived experience. What I'm learning is is so divorced from how I understand the world um, and 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 how I understand myself as a, a person. So I think it, it, the proximity does contribute, but it's only but part of of uh, the challenges that we're confronted with. So one does not necessarily need to be in a wide school uh, to experience these challenges, but it's in, in um, the packaging and the products and the textbooks and what gets taught um, that, that these challenges uh, and this inferiority in terms of who people are gets passed on through these, these different modes. Isakila says, as far as the West goes, Africans cannot think in abstract ways. Curriculum needs no review. It needs scrapping. Parapsychology comes naturally to us. With that being said, uh, Professor, how can we as uh, A-teamers assist in, in, in aiding your cause to ensure that a change is seen within our curriculum and within the discipline of psychology in South Africa? Yes. Um, I think, you know, um, as, as, uh, the, 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 the platform that you have, you know, popular media in the spaces that you have, uh, for example, the platform that you've given tonight to have this conversation, I think is a step in the right direction. And I think if you create a space and more platform for, for such engagements and such conversations to happen, the more people will also, um, come to a realization um, of, of the importance of us being proud of who we are, of what we know, of, of the knowledges that we already carry. So we need, we need to normalize and actually create space for us to speak more about um, African ways of knowing our cosmologies and, and just African lived realities. We need to create more spaces for that. So I think if you can have conversations like these ones, um, have more guests, have more spaces, engagements, even with students with their experiences as well and what they would like to see instead, um, I think that would go a long way in actually starting to, to bring about change in some ways because it starts with action uh, and platforms that actually take this seriously enough to give it airtime. Thank you so very much for joining us and I do hope that we will see the dawn of an Africanized um, education system but also an Africanized psychology discipline. Thank you, Professor. Thank you so much, Vavimikotisha. Good night.